0: I want to thank you for tuning in this morning to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're ministering on healing, and specifically, we're looking at, possibly, what price to be healed our third time. So if you would, turn with me in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, pay attention this morning to what the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you. Says in chapter two, verse twenty-four. Well, let's just uh, let's go up to twenty-one. For even hereunto were ye called, but Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps. That's where the amen goes right there. That ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was Guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. I'll say it again, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. There's the key to life right there, isn't it? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Amen. The Amplified says He personally bore our own sin in His own body on the tree, as on an altar and offered Himself on it, that we might die and cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. By His wombs you have been healed. Hallelujah. It's already happened. Amen. Praise God. What was, what is, what can be has already been dealt with in our bodies and in our souls. It's a great thing. So we know that contrary to religion that has no answers, that healing is not arbitrary. Healing is not conditional. That's a big deal in the religion of the world right now, that it is conditional and it's arbitrary. You never know what God's going to do or God's in control and... We can't know God's wisdom, and so we have to just be patient and agree with whatever happens, whatever He decides. But we know it's not conditional; it's not arbitrary; it's the law. Healing is the law. Healing is the law. If gravity is a law, if if uh, thrust is a law uh, for flight, thrust and and lift is a law. Well, then we know that healing is a law. And it's a law of the covenant. It's a law of the blessing. It's a law of faith. It's the law. It's never been negated. It's never been minimized. It's never been put out of the way. It's never compromised. It's the law and it stands forever. It's the law. So uh, we all want to be healed. We all want to walk in health and wholeness. And then beyond that, we want to be examples or demonstrations of that to other people. So we're, we're working on us, and in the going, we minister to others. Um, who was it? Uh, John G. Lake or Curry Blake? Someone, I, I don't remember exactly. It all runs together. But he said the greatest way to get healing in your own body is to go out and minister to it. Minister to sickness in other people. And obviously, that's when you don't feel like it, and you feel like, well, I'm a hypocrite. I hadn't got it myself, and here I am trying to... Help other people, absolutely. That's the way it'll always be. We are, uh, we are ministers of this gospel. But when you're, uh, when you're receiving healing, it's not one size fit all. We've talked about this before, that God ministers healing to the unbeliever differently than he does to the seasoned saint. Now, it's the same healing power, but it, it, it definitely, what works for one is not necessarily applicable to somebody else. Uh, If you're an unbeliever or if you're a new believer, then there's lots of latitude. Those are the easiest people in the kingdom to get healed. Not that there's a hard or an easy, but uh, you just practically can't escape it. It's going to fall on you if you don't resist it, if you don't make up some excuse about why you can't get healed. And even then, a lot of times the Lord will just go past that. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget the man that was in our little Bible study in 1980 that said, uh, had, his wife said, well, get them to pray for you, Paul, uh, Roger. And, uh, and he said, nah, I'm fine. Well, your back. You told me it was terrible. You wasn't even going to come tonight because your back was so bad. Ah, shut up, woman. <laughs> I'm fine. And we all just kind of gently went over there and touched Roger and He just came unwound. He was so healed and so uh, euphoric about that very thing. So you don't even have to say, I really want it. Just got to be in the right place where it can happen. But it's a little different from being an unbeliever or a casual observer to getting healing your body or even, we'd say, a passive believer. Um, But no doubt if you are, the Bible says they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we do that for all levels, but it's not our greatest strength. Our greatest strength is to meet people where they are and administer the life how it would go in. So if you're a church member, if you're a seasoned saint, the Bible says that is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and uh, they will pray the prayer of faith, anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And so he talks about that. That's not something that you would say, well, here's an unbeliever, come to church. And, and and get into our system. But if you're already in the system, if you're already uh, accustomed and, and believing in healing, that is one way. But the highest way, of course, would be that if you're on an island somewhere or in a, the backwoods or surrounded by unbelievers, that you could access and I could access healing on my own. But it is quite the different dynamic. And I believe the reason that people that, uh, in other nations like Africa or South America get healed so easy is because we go in and qualify them. We just tell them Jesus loves you and they just believe it. We just tell them God wants to heal you and, and there'll be 10,000 people there and somebody will wave their hand and say, be healed. And they all get healed of tremendous things. And you go, that's, that's a good thing. But we qualify them. But sometimes in ourselves, we are disqualified. Not by heaven, certainly not by people, but we are self-disqualified. We're condemned for what we know in our life that should be, that's not lined up. What we want to do or be or have, and we had not got around to it yet, and so we feel failure on that part. And so when we need healing, we know it's ours, but we want to qualify and be worthy of being healed. Whereas when you're praying for an unbeliever or casual observer, they just, they just believe you. Jesus loves you. Let me pray for you. Let me lay hands on you, and sure enough, they get healed every time. We just need—that's the part we need to know. They say Smith Wigglesworth got healed of uh, some things by uh, by being punched in the stomach. There's another minister that went around spitting in people's faces, and uh, it's kind of unusual, but everybody got healed. But it'd be wrong for, for you or someone else to say, well, I'm going to have the, the tummy punch ministry or the, 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 the spitting ministry. Because these people got success because they believed that if they did that, that's what would happen. And that's exactly what happened. So we have a lot of latitude here. It's what you believe. So the key is to believe right, to get on board with God, not to say, I, I want him to change, but to say, I'm already ready to change and to be changed. So if you're living as a son or a daughter of the Lord, it might be different for you than if you were just a casual observer or a passive believer or even an unbeliever. It might be different about how you would heal, get healed and, have, and be restored because you're growing up and to whom much is given, much is required. And it's not out of our reach, it's just that's where we are. When we're three years old, we don't always color between the lines. But when you're 26, you're supposed to color between the lines. And so uh, it's, it's not hard to figure out why this is the way it is. And it's certainly not a rule of heaven. God's certainly not limiting anyone to say, well, you're a big boy in the church. This is the only way you can get healed. But it does tend that way. It does, it does seem that way. But get it any way you can get it. It's Jesus that's dispensing it. It's the Holy Ghost that's got it, and he wants us to have it. But if you ever get frustrated or get uh, uh, put off because you didn't get healed this year like you did ten years ago, and you don't understand why, that could be one of the things that's in play, is that uh, the Lord wants us to come up higher. But it's his will for us all to be healed. And if, if you go onto our website or look in this book that we've got about our tenets of faith, we say that it's God's will to heal everyone of everything every time, period. And that there's no excuse for saying God's at fault for me being sick or in pain. There's, God's not at fault. We just have to find the path that he's already ministering to us. He's not withholding. He's telling you how he wants to heal you. But you have to get past all the pain or the trouble or the diagnosis and say... Okay, Lord, how is it that you want me to receive what you've already given me? And then the voice becomes clear. Then the path is open for that. Hallelujah. So uh, what we want to do at River Church, what kingdom people do, is get pre-qualified. You know, if you go to buy a house, they want you to get pre-qualified so you don't go into a a $300,000 house and say, I want it. And you can't, you can't qualify but $1,250 or something. You, you kind of have to get your ducks lined up there. Well, that's what we want to get lined up in our hearts is to be pre-qualified. That I know anything that's come against me, anything that's grabbed onto my body or my soul, that I'm already pre-qualified to get free of it. And sometimes that involves just repenting of what let that door get open into your life. Is that right? It would be one way that you could start and saying, Lord, I, this is obviously not supposed to be here, so let me look and see what I did to let it in, because I know you're going to help me get it out. Legally, we're already qualified, aren't we? By his stripes, ye were healed. By ye stripes, his stripes, ye were healed. We're already, we're already qualified. But like I said, sometimes the legal attribute... Does not always lend it to the logical attribute, where we we uh, we take what's been done legally and we just appropriate it. Sometimes people don't get born again because they want to get cleaned up first. They want to they want to do better. Let me work some stuff out, and I I'm going to quit doing this and sniffing that and running around with those people, and then I'll come back and and let's let's talk about me going to heaven. You know that's just wrong, but it happens a lot, and we'd say. Well, that's just those unbelievers, those immature people. Ah, the most sacred of saints sometimes finds a reason why they should wait to get healed or to ask about it, to appropriate it. So I wrote down two common things that happens to all people to get healed. That'd be easy, wouldn't it? Number one, I wrote down that knowing God absolutely loves me is key to getting healed. If you're, going to, if you're going to be in faith, I'm talking about in faith, doesn't mean that you have to know anything. If you're an unbeliever or a passive believer, God will just get past all that. But we're talking about here the price to be healed. Is You've got, you got to appropriate God into your life if you want Him to work in your life and say, I know God loves me. That's a part of pre-qualifying. It's like, God's not mad at me. I said, God's not mad at me. Well, you don't know what I did. I uh, we, we've heard it all and we've seen it all and you can't surprise us. You can't amaze us with what you've done or what you haven't done. You, you've got to know that God loves me and that healing is mine through him. Healing is mine because God loves me. He just loves me. Pastor Buzzy always said, not only does he just love you, he's in love with you. Remember that? He's in love with you. So, you know, when you're in love with somebody, they can do no wrong. Well, the Lord, he's in love with you and you can do no wrong. And so the point being, he would not withhold, which is a major religious argument is that he's withholding. He's got it, but he's a little ticked. He's a little burned by what you've done, I've done that we haven't done. And he's working it out. He's God's having a little time. I need time alone to forgive you, (laughs) that sort of thing. And that's just carnal, that's just people. That's just how we all have experienced and maybe even been in, is we're working some stuff out. Don't bother me right now. Aren't you all glad God is God because God doesn't do what man does? Hallelujah. So he loves us. Healing is already mine. I'm not being denied. I'm not being rejected. I'm not being delayed. God's not hesitating. Let me say that one again. God's not hesitating. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see how you really act by next week to see if this is real. He's not hesitating. He's not judging. He's not judging us. Saying, you know, if you hadn't have done that last little thing on Thursday, we might could have worked something out. But when you pulled that Lulu, I just you are over the line. You're the straw that broke the camel's back. So we're not being sentenced. We're not being sentenced. You go to the land of no healing. You go to the land of pain because, after all, you know why. You know why. You're, you're, you even know why it's been so bad. So don't, don't be fussing at me, God might say, to say, why am I over here? You know why. Well, that's just not how it works, is it? Uh, we're not cast out and we're not disqualified. We're not disqualified. If you were ever qualified on your finest moment, You're still qualified. Well, Jesus' blood qualified us, and we're still qualified because the blood does not lose its power. We've not fallen short, and we've not missed the mark. Are all these things true, actually? Yes, every one of them could be true in the sense of experience, but the Lord pays no attention to our experience. He's talking about the experience of Jesus on the cross. Jesus at Pilate's post, and the blood that was shed for you and me. That's what he's looking at. It's what you look at. You know, if you read the Exodus, you'll see that Moses was looking at the, uh, the Red Sea, and it, there was no path open there. He was looking behind him, and the Egyptian army was closing in on him and his tribe, and it looked hopeless with what he was looking at. The 12 spies, 10 of them looked at the giants and looked at the walled cities and said, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're seeing. But suddenly the Lord said, what is what's in your hand? And he said, this staff. And he said, we'll raise it up. And when he did, when he looked at that, the Red Sea opened, but he was there all along. And we know the 12 spies went in and 10 of them saw the wrong thing, but God had already seen them too. Y'all know he already saw the Giants. He already saw the walled cities. And uh, he said, I got this. I got this. Well, that's what we look at is which side of it. You can look at the prognosis, the diagnosis. You can feel the pain. You can look at the hopelessness of what they say you're going to have to endure and go through. And all of those things that we all know and well versed in. But we got to look at the word and the promises of God that says God loves me and he's not quitting. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Turn with me to Ephesians. We're still talking about God loves me. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3 with me. Let's just, see, let's just prove that out of the word that God loves me. He absolutely loves me, and I know it. I know it. I said I know it. It's not enough to just say, well, okay, he believes he loves me, but you have to know it. It says in chapter 3 of Ephesians, Let's look in verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Boy, that's a good thing to pray, isn't it, and agree with. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love established and settled is what it means, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Seems pretty powerful, seems pretty important here when he's talking about what the Lord Jesus has done for us, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. He's not just trying to bless you. He's trying to get it where the blessings can flow to you and so they can go through you. I, I need to know he loves me. So much so, not just when I'm having a happy day and the sun's shining and the sky's blue, but when the storm is wrecking havoc all around me, God loves me. When I've done my vilest and worst, when I have really crossed the line uh, in my life for where I should be, what I should be doing, what I should be having, and I just, I just missed the mark. Y'all ever missed the mark? You just, you just didn't do it. Because last time you didn't do it, there was no consequences, and you just, just don't want to do it or whatever, that he still loves me. He still loves me. Like, how much? Well, not quite as much as he did, because you had a bad attitude. No, he loves me full strength. He loves you and me just like he loves the Lord Jesus. And you just can't quantify it after that. Oh, it's amazing. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. Oh, this is important. If you want to be healed all the time, if you want to get above uh, being sick and, and uh, ravaged by this curse, this, this, this hell thing, start with just knowing God loves me. Focus on that. Meditate on that. Put that in. Rehearse that. God loves me. Because something else is already talking to you. You sorry, no good skunk. Isn't that what the devil's going to say? You are a sorry little rascal. And this is going to cost you. And it says, And to know the love of Christ, verse 19, which passes knowledge. Okay, that means we've got to get it out of our head. That we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. It's key right here. Just know God loves me. And you go, that's too easy. I need something hard. I need a price to pay. I need some pain to endure. I need some suffering to be made so that God will feel like I'm worthy of being healed. Well, you'd be wrong. That, we talked about demon gods the other day. That's almost all religions require you to suffer, to be on the other side of blessing before you can ask to come back. A lot of times that's how parents... Treat their children. Maybe you were treated that way growing up where your, your folks lost it and just said, I've had enough, this is it, I told you once, I told you three times, so here it comes, and then they, they bring out whatever here it comes looks like. And life as you know it is over for a little while, <laughs> you know, and we get that picture then of, of uh, suffering for our wrongs. And we have to get rid of it because Jesus already suffered for our wrongs. And he already paid the price. And we would rather pay the price. Actually, people would rather be under the law than be under grace. Because then they would always know that they were on the right side of the line. Like, how, how how good do I have to be to get restored to God? That's the thinking of almost all people. How Where's the line? How do I know I'm on the good side of God? I, I want to just barely be... On that side, I don't want to be on, I don't want to be way over. I just want, how much do you have to, to do and believe and have to be saved or to be healed? And nobody says that overtly, but it's always working in the background. Y'all know this? It's always working in the background. It, maybe it's a, a little voice now, but at one time, that's what the main operation was, is working in the background. So he says, exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Sounds like healing. Sounds like God's, God's in agreement with us getting better. Sounds like he's on our side. Sounds like there's a way, a path, uh, 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 an avenue, a blueprint, a strategy. There's something that God says, ah, we got this. Just pay attention here. I got this. How, uh, can you imagine how good life would be if we got into that venue of, of thinking where we were in agreement with heaven? It's the only reason people don't get healed is they just don't agree with heaven. It's not like they're even mean or mad. They just are going by their feelings. They're just going by their, their experience. They're just like, this is the way it's always been. How do I know it'll be different? Because the Word says, and that's the only thing we have to go on, is the only thing that, that tells us how it really is, is the Word. Our thoughts, our experiences, our traditions, none of it qualified you and I for what the Word qualifies us for. So you you can't figure it out. He said, what, what did he say there? Um, uh, passes knowledge to love the Christ, the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And that's all we have until we have the Word. Until you put the Word to supersede what you know and your knowledge and your experience or what you and I think was fair, well, I think it'd be fair for what they did, for God to withhold a little bit and to and to give a three-quarter blessing of healing and leave a mark in their body or a twinge or a a, a bad joint. I You know, what's wrong with that? And it's just contrary. It's just, it's just not true. But that's our human justice. Okay, so the first thing we have to know about healing is that God loves me. He's in love with me, and he's qualified me because of his love. But the second thing I think we have to know is that Healing comes not because I want it, excuse me, not because I want it, but because I need it. Healing comes when I want it, not when I need it. Healing comes when I want it. So this would keep you from saying, I don't want to bother the Lord until I'm on death's doorstep or until they're going to take a leg off or until they say this is communicable and it'll be passed to my children. See, people don't want to bother God for the little stuff because they just say, I can endure it and I, I I don't really need it. But the truth is, we all want it. Wouldn't it be marvelous? Can you imagine a life that would be lived where there was no sickness or pain? It just wasn't a part of our life. In America, we already experience a lot of that just by living in a society that doesn't have malaria and the yellow fever and polio and those things that are common in other nations where they're they're drinking water that's in a ditch or you know, in a pond or whatever, all sorts of dysentery and terrible things. Well, gosh, we're already way over there just by living in a culture whether you even believe in God. But, so we'd go, this is marvelous. We're, we don't have many down days to malaria and yellow fever and dysentery. That's, you just don't report in work and say, I got, I, got, I got something like you never heard of. So we're already almost there, but yet we're not. And so we can't be a testimony to people that are far away from that until we get it for our own life. We have to build our own testimony inside and say, this is who I am, therefore this is what I have, and therefore this is what I do. Not just what I have or not what I do, but that's because of who I am. And then you don't just say, do this or say that or quote this or go through these four steps. We talk about being in Christed. If any man be in Christ. Who I am. It's the main thing. So... uh, Healing comes when I want it, not because I need it. Well, that opens a whole other room of little stuff, seemingly little stuff, that we've just not wanted to bother the Lord or not even wanted to just affirm it in our life to pull off from a busy life and say, I need to spend a little time in the Word here. I felt a little symptom. I felt a little twinge or a little whatever. I'm going to pull off. It's like I'm really busy. I'll I'll just take a... Advil or take a whatever, whatever, and just and keep on working and keep on going. Would that be would that be a factor in a lot of people's lives to putting up with little stuff? And then all of a sudden it's a big stuff? <laughs> Yay, okay. So need does not move heaven. Not just because I need it. I don't need it, so therefore I'm not gonna bother God. Need does not move heaven, faith moves heaven. The Covenant moves heaven. The blood of Jesus moves heaven. There's an unlimited supply for every need. So then it's just based on, do I want it? Well, I do want it. Uh, Jonathan was telling me the other day that you know before you can go to Africa, what is it Gam- Ghana or Zambia, Uganda? close enough you can't even you can't even get on the plane that says we're going to Africa. Without having a list of things that you've taken to vaccinate you, There's all, they, they don't want you over there and they don't want you bringing it back. So that's real big there, but we don't even think about these things. When's the last time you got a yellow fever shot? What's yellow fever? What's malaria? What's polio and smallpox? Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, what things soever you desire when you pray. It doesn't say what you need. He's, he supplies all of our need. So it's just based on what you desire. Do you want to be healed? And that's what I want to, that's my whole message these last three times, is do you want to be healed? Because the price for healing is in the wanter. It's not a legal impediment. It's not an obstacle that says, well, i got, I got to measure up. Nope, God loves me. It's all on the table. You want to come put your little legs under the table and put your fork in your hand and start chowing down? Or do you just want to say, well, I, I'm not worth it. I'm going to go on. That's the truth. So uh, how many of y'all know that when you got born again, it was a mystery. It was hidden. It was something that that wasn't so obvious, like, were you I can't wait to get saved. It's like going to Six Flags. Who wouldn't want to go to Six Flags? It wasn't that way at all. It was like you had to seek it. You had to want it. And if someone came by and says, "says I'll pray for you to get saved, to get born again, you had to have something in you that was already there that says, I want that. Is that right? Because it's a question that you can't really... It's not like a, a, a quart of ice cream or something, your favorite flavor. It's something that's life-changing. But we all know, even though lots of Christians don't do anything with their born-again life, it affects them none, changes them none. Yet we all know there's a price or there's a cost to becoming saved. It's inherent in that. It's like if you want to give your life to God, there's going to be something that's required. So we did it with all humility And with uh, uh, kind of a fearfulness, we said, I want to get saved. I want you to pray for me. Same thing for healing. you got to want to be healed. At this stage, now, like I said, the sinner, they hurt, and you can go up to just about anybody, anywhere, in any public place, and offer to pray for someone that's obviously at a, a disadvantage, and you can get them healed. It's just not even like, I hope this works. It would be amazing if it didn't work, and actually it would work. It just might not show up until that afternoon. That's happened a lot of times. Y'all heard about that, where you pray for someone, and they said nothing happened, nothing happened, and you said, yes, it did, yes, it did. And sure enough, that afternoon or the next morning or after they went to sleep, they woke up, and everything was great. But you got to know it's going to happen. It it it's going to happen. I'm going to pray for you. You're on crutches or whatever. We have absolute access to that. So we got to want to be healers. So we got to want healing. So healing's got to be sought after. If you want to be healed, you go. Well, everybody would want to. Like I said, I've talked to a lot of people that have had little dull headaches or had a little uh joint pain or whatever and you go should we stop and get that? I'm fine, I'm good. I got two red pills, I got two two, uh whatever we all have. If I nail it here, y'all y'all mention it just yeah, she nails it. So I put down uh that the the believe that you receive them, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. That's a sifting. It's a kind of a sifting in our lives where we we decide whether we're going to receive them or if we're going to use a rote prayer like I prayed that prayer. Therefore, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But but the believe you receive is something that you have to you have to have a program for or a framework in your life that says when I pray, it's going to happen. So there's two sides to that. There's a conviction side, living by conviction, and living by preference. Now, if you live by conviction, you go, what things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive them, and I shall have them. This is the end of it. I've dealt with it. It's over. The bananas, I, I bought three of them for 10 cents apiece. I paid 30 cents. They're my bananas. Or like Barry said, that's my seed. It's done. It's finished. There's no controversy. There's nothing yet to work out. But the preference thing is more of a a default. The preference of people, Christians, that want to be healed, it's like, pray for me. And they say, okay, and that's the end of it. It's, It's like there's no real esteem for healing or for prayer or for impartation. It's like, if it doesn't work, I know I have a plan B. And so let's try plan A, because after all, it's just a few words. It's a little gesture. It's a a be healed in Jesus' name or whatever. And if that doesn't work, and maybe many people are not expecting it to work, if they're not living in conviction, the preference would say, I hope it works. But if it doesn't, I got somebody else to pray for me or I got a, a medical thing. And so a conviction is impassioned. Y'all have any passion? We got passion. We don't want to die. You get somebody in the elevator, get an elevator full of people, and the thing jerks twice, and stops. You'll find out who's passionate. We're going to die. We're all going to die. we I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you go. That can't be. This just it just hesitated. The elevator didn't even drop ten feet. It's just stopped, and they just go wild. Have y'all seen movies? Have you ever been with people that are just. Very insecure, aren't they? Well, we've got to have a passion about us that said this thing can't go if I'm on it. Everybody get off before me because it can't go down with me on it. Uh, I think a conviction is something, listen, that you've already seen. We have convictions about things we've already seen. In other words, I've already seen that the elevator can't go down with me on it. I'm just, that, I'm just kind of self-centered about that. It's like, this isn't how I'm going. I'm going in the rapture. This is not the rapture. This is the rupture, and I'm not going down. <laughs> and so you've seen it. You've looked over there, and you've seen it, which means you've meditated. You've given thought to things before the pain, before the accident, before the trouble. You've got over there and said, I see myself. I see myself living till the rapture. I see myself living pain-free. I see myself without a debilitating condition. You have to see it. Well, to see something, you have to say it. Is that right? You've got to speak to the mountain. Say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which ye saith shall come to pass. Ye shall have or see what you Said, so you got to say it before you can see it. That's conviction, and that's all we're doing in the kingdom right now is just going from preference to conviction. So if you think it's an event in heaven, like well, when the Lord gets ready, He's going to show me this. When the Lord gets ready, He's going to He'll heal me of this, or He'll. It's not that. It's just like we're in a process, a process, a process of moving from preferring which is religion, well, we'll pray for you. You got troubles? Well, we'll pray for you. I've been in those groups that says we'll pray for you, and they never prayed. Maybe you were in a better group than I was, but they never prayed. Our thoughts and our prayers are with you. You ever heard that on TV for, after a disaster? Our thoughts and prayers are with you. So that, not only is that not true, it waters down what is true. That says we're not praying empty prayers, clouds without rain. We are praying with conviction. And when we pray, it will happen. That's the end of it. First John, let me just slip over here just for a minute. First John chapter five. And let's just look at that. First John chapter five. So conviction comes from seeing it. You've already seen how the end of it is. Is there any doubt that when you watch a movie you've already seen? Is there any doubt about how it's going to go? I mean, it's like, oh, I hope he makes it. Well, you've already seen the end. <laughs> John Wayne's riding off with the girl, and you know how it's going to end. Well, we've got to see the end. It's in here. So when you see it, you've got to say it so you can see it. You see it by faith. You say it by faith and you have it in in this in this life. You go, well, i d I'm not going to go to all that trouble. Most Christians don't. So they live in a preference world. We're hoping and a praying. We're hoping and a praying that it'll turn out okay. And you know what? It never does. It, they just they just say we can we can endure whatever comes. We can bear it. First John chapter 5 says in verse 4. Uh, 11. This is the record that God has given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. The Zoe life of heaven has been invested or contained in his son. Then his son said, I have come that you might have this life that's been put in me. The thief has tried to steal it from you, but I've come that you might have life. 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 Life As God lives it. And he said, this life is not not, we've talked about this, it's not the eternal life, not life that lasts forever, because you can go to hell forever and have an existence, but eternal life is actually life of the eternal. And by virtue of the life of the eternal, you do live forever, but it's the life of the one who has that life. And he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now, it sounds like victory here. It sounds like if you've got the life of God in you, everything's going to turn out amazing. And he that does not have the life, he's just on a luck world where it might go and it might not go. It's like gambling. You know, you just just throw the dice out there and hope something comes up. Well, that's not our life. You never know what God's going to do. Sure we do. It's in the book. We know exactly what it's going to do. Every time, in every measure, we know we've seen the end and we have no discrepancy. It's like, well, I read the end, but it didn't go that way. Sure it did. Sure it did. So he said in verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God. Wow. That's who he's talking to. Then he said that ye may know that ye have eternal life, life of the eternal, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that's twice in there. So he's saying, I'm talking to you that say you believe on the name of the Son of God. And then I'm telling you, you better, handle, you better handle the name of the Son of God. You better have the name of Jesus working in your life if you're going to be in the, in the family or the group that has the life of God. You better have a way to get it out. Every transaction that you and I enact uh, in, in, in on the earth, every transaction is dealt with the name of Jesus. There's no transaction that ever happens in heaven from earth that is not that is not opened up like a toll bridge. It's opened up by the name of Jesus. Hoping or praying or be good enough or or hoping God won't looks over this or that, it doesn't matter. It's the name of Jesus. And then he says in verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him. What, what is the confidence? It's in verse 4, Whoever, whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Do, you, do we have a confidence about that? I'm overcoming the world. Well, uh, you got to be pretty confident about that to say I'm overcoming the whole world. And, and uh, whoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, even my faith. So if we go back to verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him. I'm overcoming the world. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. Or we could say, he heareth me. Let's say that. He heareth me. It's not like, wow well, we got all the prayer warriors together and we all prayed all night and fasted and carried on. Played a little bingo at one o'clock, you know, because nothing was going on. No, we have a confidence. We have a confidence that he heareth me. So the prayer chain may be working. I mean, it may be out there working or the 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 board, the healing board. They may all be saying that's what's working. But you and I need to approach healing like nobody's doing anything anywhere, it's all up to, he heareth me. It's enough. We don't have a confidence, most times in the churches, that it's enough, and that's why we do have the prayer chain and the prayer board and the, and the healing, this, that, and the other, because we don't have a confidence that if we ask anything in his will, he heareth me. <laughs> it's enough. I'm a believer, one believer, but I'm overcoming the world, he said. And it's enough. It's enough. You don't need 16 people. y'all all all believe? Or is there a a scamp in here and there's just 15 of y'all? No, it doesn't matter. It's just me. And that's where we get healing to flow in our lives. Is it's good enough if it's just me? Because I'm overcoming the world. And he hears me when I pray. Not sometimes, not, you know, you got to believe it. It's in the word. And... uh, and if we ask anything according to his will, well, by his stripes, ye were healed, is his will. So that's what we have a confidence about is it's already happened, Lord. And I'm appropriating it. It's already legally mine, but I'm, I'm wanting it. It's not that I just need it, Lord. I'm at the end of it and I hate to bother you, but I'm going to die if they don't do something. If you don't do something. That's not, that's not our posture. Our posture is, I want it. This won't take long. This won't take long. No fasting and praying for 20 days and nights and getting all the group up there and everybody doing without food or whatever. Do what you want, and, and they can all take credit for it because they generally do. But you just know, whatever they did, he heareth me. By his stripes, I was healed. I overcome the world. You go, that's too simple. Yeah. In verse 15, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. What else is there to say? Well, I want somebody else to do it for me because they're professionals and I'm an amateur. We're all professionals if we have eternal life working in us. You got a degree from ABC or NBC or CBS schools. You got a degree. It doesn't matter if you got a degree. They're saying you're a doctor of this or a doctor of that or a master of this or master of that. The point is, is once you're qualified, you're qualified. And I'm qualified. We're qualified. It doesn't matter if you've been qualified for 50 years or if you just got qualified this week. If you're qualified, you're qualified. So what, what keeps people from getting healed, and I'll just — one thing is, is the fear of dying. The absoluteness of the price that you're putting on the line when you go with God versus going with plan B, is that plan B, they, they might lose me in the hospital, but you know, they'll run up a big bill while they're doing it. I have that confidence they'll be trying. Versus just going to God and saying, I know if I pray according to your will, you heareth me, and it'll be done. Wow, that sounds kind of tricky. What if it doesn't work? Because we've all known people that did that, so-called, went through the motion, went through the words, went through the liturgy, and it didn't work. They died. And that's the biggest thing working against your faith, is that... We just wait until the very last minute, wait until we're on death's door, and we pull a trigger, and they died. We don't want to be them that die, so we want to go medical, or we want to go another way. You've got to act like God hears you. I'd say, this is just me, but I'd say you'd tell somebody. just want you to know, I prayed the prayer of faith this morning. just want you to know, I spoke to the mountain this morning. And I just want you to know that when I make my need main known to God, God He heareth me. Just want you to know I got healed this morning. And that sounds like someone that's got a conviction, versus a. I'm not telling anybody because I don't want them to know that I I'm on Plan B because Plan A. All those things that that other people. It's all about other people and what they think of us. You you could die trying to shield your life about what people think of you and your faith life and we ought to we ought to run and try and even if we fail we ought to not say i don't want anybody to know i failed really we all have failed we've all missed the mark but that pride of not wanting anybody to think we're not spiritual is unspiritual (laughs) Just give it a shot and go out and tell somebody, I just want you to know I got healed this morning. Just want you to know. Pastor, I have a testimony, got healed this morning. Want everybody to know. Remember that girl with the goiter that just every year got up and said, I just want you to know I'm just praising God again from last year and the year before. I got healed of that goiter. And you go, well, that's crazy. Yep. Let's have some let's get us a double dip of that crazy stuff and just get out of ourselves and get healed because what if it works? What if it works? What if it works? You will be unstoppable when it works. The reason I am somewhat have a conviction about finances is because I've been out there where that's all I had and God came through. And so once he comes through, you have a testimony. They may say, we don't believe that stuff works, but you have a testimony already that it did work. So you can't be talked out of what you testified about, what worked. It's your life. So you got to want healing. And you got to want it if anybody knows. Well, old, old Johnny boy, he, he believed he received healing, and then he was sick for a long time. Well, who cares? Who cares? He's, he's pressing. He's pulling. He's, he's, he's pressing towards the mark. Ah, let's just, be, let's just be open. Let's just say I tried and it didn't work, but here I go again. I've, I got the key. I got to figure it out. When I missed it or didn't have it, the Lord showed me what to do, and it'll never happen like that again. Let, why can't we just be that way? We ought to be that way. We ought to, and it'll help somebody. Once you get real and just say, "Yeah," because I've had lots of lots of health failures. I don't know what a lots is, but for someone that believes it like I do and has walked in it and had some marvelous testimonies and victories, they hadn't all been victories right away. I, I got things, you know. You go, that that doesn't sound like a faith man, but it doesn't bother me. You got. Maybe nobody else would get up here and share about it, but I've, I've struck out several times. I was just like, and it, almost always it was just because I was lazy because I didn't think it was going to go that far. I didn't get on it right away, and I didn't think it'd go that far, and I just didn't want to fool with it. I was busy. I'm just telling my whole heart right here. I was just busy and just regular like everybody, and then all of a sudden it turned on me and I was behind. And then I had to, then I had to go with whatever they said you have to go with. And, uh, you know, I, I told you all about that time in, in, uh, in 06 where the doctor came out and said, we can't even let you go home. We're wheeling you into surgery right now. We're going to do, do amazing things to your body, and you're going to have a zipper on the front of your chest. <laughs> and so he left, and I turned to Debbie and said, what do you think we ought to do? <laughs> What do you mean? What do you think we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to go in there and we're going to get fixed and we're going to come out and do better. But right now, we're going to go get fixed. It's like, well, of course, that's all it could be. But I was just like, well, I don't want anybody to know that I'm the, I'm the faith guy or the whatever and I have a zipper installed, you know, or whatever. You know what a zipper is? Hey, that's, that's yeah, that's where you put, they put you back together. So it's like, that's my story. I'm not ashamed of it. I wish I'd have done better. But you and, all, you and I both wish on a lot of things we'd have done better. But the truth is, the truth is, we didn't do better. But now we are. And so we're running our race. We're, we're running our race. And sometimes we sat down and took a rest during our race. And, and we didn't win that heat. Lots of people got discouraged, and, and they're not here. They're not, they're not running the race. They quit because God didn't do it. I needed him to do it, and he didn't do it. Well, they quit. You could have quit, but you didn't. All of us said, I wish God had just done that. But you just didn't know. You didn't know what the Word said about authority. You didn't know what that, just like that, that guy falling out of, the, out of the sky in that plane. He just thought God was going to take care of it. Instead of praying over his engines or whatever, whatever, I don't even know what he did or didn't do, but I'm just saying. He was a faith guy and he, he's in heaven now. And he shouldn't be. So I'm learning from these people. I'm learning about John G. Lake. I'm learning about uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. You, you want to be Smith Wigglesworth? Tremendous price that you'd have to pay to be where he is. Very lonely life. Very, very challenging. You want to be a prophet? People say, "I, I think I'm a prophet. I prophesied one time." It doesn't make you a prophet. the The life of a prophet is is one of great suffering, and great uh, 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 turning inside out, and 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 just totally being in another realm in order to qualify for the word of the Lord. It, it's not someone that just prophesies, and. Uh, failure. my point is, there's lots of failures in each of these. You don't get there the first time all the time, if ever, but you just keep pressing. And so, if, you, if you've ever been like me, where you believed in healing, but you had a plan B that you ended up going on, just pay no attention to that. I, my story is, I'm here to go again. I, I wish I'd have got here better, but I'm here. I've, I've had, you know, I don't want to tell all my story, but you, but everybody's got one. I'm not different for my age. I don't, I'm not different than most people, but I still have my faith. I'm just as sure about these things, even though I didn't make them work for me. I'm just as sure about them as if they'd all worked for me. And that's the end of it. That's the bottom line. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed. I'm not disqualified. Amen. Amen let's lift our hands before heaven right now and just receive healing in our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. If you're on broadcast, lift your hand or put your hand where you've heard or where it needs it. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus and by the blood that caused that name to be empowered, we speak to sickness, disease, prognosis, diagnosis, pain, and accident. And we tell you to diminish, to lose your grip, and leave these people's bodies in Jesus' name. We call for the word of the Lord in recovery to come on every one of us, and that we are the healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, that's the end of that, isn't it? Praise God. I, you can. We could study healing forever, and if you want to... Follow Curry Blade, because he's going to study it forever. <laughs> and there's lots to know. But if you don't know these things that we talked about this morning, it doesn't matter what else you know. You've got to know these things. This is the ABCs of healing. Amen. So thank you for tuning in with us this morning. We appreciate it. Go to our website, riverchurchalabama.org, and we have lots of things there that you might enjoy. God bless you.